God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It's been several weeks since we've mentioned it, but remember that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are an eternal community. They exist in absolute communion. And then they created you and me in their image and likeness so that we could become one with them and become a partaker of the very nature that they possess tonight. So we were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John 1 and 3 says, That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. When we consider fellowship, we've considered it in many different forms and angles and what it means and what it looks like. And of late, we've been talking about fellowship as it deals with positional and functional oneness. And we've said this call to fellowship is a call by God to positional and functional oneness with God. And we see that fellowship among the members of the Godhead enable Father, Son, and Spirit to function as one. But we were created to be a part and to be one with them and then also to function as one with them. I mentioned, I think, last week, sometimes I, I come with, you know, not on purpose, I'm just excited about it, a half-baked sermon. What I mean by that is you need to study it out and develop it more. And, and one that's in the oven, <laughs> it's, it's fellowship as it relates to our dominion here on this earth. And you'll never understand dominion until you understand Father's heart. There's a lot of things. Remember we said that fellowship is the ultimate why. It's the ultimate context. It's, it's the context for everything. And, and even when we see God created Adam and he gave him dominion over his, this created realm, over his domain. See, the plan that God had from the very beginning, from before the beginning, was for you and me to rule and reign together with him as partners with him as people in fellowship and oneness with Him. Jesus set that example for us when He functioned as one with His Father here upon the earth. And so we talked then for the last few weeks about acknowledging and recognizing and even confessing, not being reluctant to do it, our oneness with God. Hebrews 2.11 says that both he who sanctifies, that's God, and those who are being sanctified, that's you and me, born-again believers, are all of one. And because we're all of one, Adelphos is the word there. He's not ashamed to call them Adelphos. He's not ashamed to call them brethren. Now, let's go to Ephesians 5. We've looked at a verse or two from Ephesians 5 a few times, but I want us to look at a greater context than what we've looked at so far. So Ephesians 5, beginning at verse number 25. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now, let me stop here because one of the comments that we've made 
throughout the course of our recent study involves the two examples that God has provided for us here on the earth of fellowship. And the first that we looked at was the marriage between a man and a woman and how a man and a woman come together and enter into a covenant with one another before God. And through that covenant, they become one. God joins them together as one. That's oneness. The other example that we've looked at is the example of the body. And just as your individual body has many members, but it's still one body, so also is Christ. We see this in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. So also is Christ. So we see fellowship and oneness and communion in the marriage covenant, and then we see fellowship and union and oneness in the individual members of one body. In Ephesians 5, we see those two examples being merged together. Notice he starts out talking about husbands and wives, and for the husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. So now, notice we've gone from the marriage union to now we see that we're talking about a body or one body. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. And remember, the church which is his body, the church which is his body. Anytime you see church in the New Testament, I want you to program yourself to say the church which is his body, the church which is his body. And I think we need that mind renewal because so many people in our world today, they think of the church as a building, they think of the church as an institution, they think of the church as, as a denomination, they think of the church as, as uh, um, you know, a, a charity, and you know, all these different things. But what the church really is, is the body of Christ. And that's the one thing the devil never wants you to think about when you think about the church and what the church really is. And so in Ephesians, he says, Ephesians 1, it's the church which is his body. The church which is his body. So when it says husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church, which is his own body. For we are members, we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. Now, if we get there in a minute, I'll, I'll show you in the scriptures where First uh, Corinthians, I believe it is, that um, your spirit and your body are the Lord's. So he's talking about your physical body. Jesus bought and paid for the physical body that you have right now. And not a molecule of it will be lost. If, if someone was buried at sea and consumed by sea creatures and digested, the Bible says that body's going to come up out of the ocean one day. Amen. It's precious to him. Uh, 
I've said this many times. I, I listen to uh, Brother Keith Moore. When I, I, I get a sermon from Jesse Duplantis when I get up on Sunday morning. I listen to that one normally on Sunday morning before church and coming to church. Then when I get in my truck after we eat lunch or whatever and go home, I flip on Brother Keith Moore and I listen to whatever he preached that Sunday. And he just got through preaching a lengthy, lengthy series on our physical body and our body belonging to God. And, and it, it's, it's an eye-opener. I mean, it's, and, and, and eyes need to be open there. So again, we are members of His body, not figuratively, not metaphorically, literally members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. For this reason, he quotes from the Old Testament, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I ain't talking about marriage. That's what he says here. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, there's a lot for us to learn about marriage in these verses. I didn't read the ones before this about uh, wives and, and their responsibility to be in proper order that God has established because men and women are created differently. And, and again, there's a lot that we can learn and benefit from hearing and doing it God's way instead of rebelling against it and saying it's outdated and so forth and so on. I'm not here to, to cover all that tonight. But, but even then, any instruction that we gain for our marriages is only secondary in its intent. In, in other words, when he says, this is the great mystery, and anything you get out of this that will make your marriage better and more glorifying to God, so be it. But that's not the main reason that I'm covering this right now. He says, I'm speaking now concerning Christ and the church. Christ and the church. So instructions for marriage between a husband and wife should only be considered secondary here, as important as they are, as important and as, as valuable as, and, and as, as meaningful as the instructions that we receive here for, for effective marriage and marriage under God and the way God intended marriage to function. He's, he's talking about something much larger and much more important. Um, let me, let me kind of go off just a little bit subject to help make the point. Do you remember... In uh, Hebrews uh, 8 and 9, he's talking about the, um, the earthly uh, tabernacle back in Moses' days in, in the Old Testament and how all those implements and things that they had made for the tabernacle were cleansed and purified by blood, by blood sacrifices and blood offerings. And in all of that, he reveals to us that, that those things were actually copies, earthly copies, of what was a heavenly original. In other, in other words, when God downloaded all of that uh, to, to men to make, He was describing things that existed in heaven that He wanted them to fabricate here on the earth that would be a copy, and I love this word as well, it says that they were a shadow. They were a shadow of the true image of those things that existed in heaven before there was ever an earth 
for gold to be dug out of to then form those items and articles that went into the tabernacle. All right? Now, there's a lot that we could talk about there and teach on there. But I bring that up because marriage between a man and a woman is a shadow, it is a copy, if you will, of what God always longed to have with us. Now, when we talk about types and shadows from the Old Testament, you have to understand it this way, and I believe this is one of the main reasons the Lord uses that word shadow. If I'm standing, you know, one chapter into the Old Testament looking forward to when Jesus will one day come, Jesus is the light of the world and He's shining back towards us. Hebrews 11 talks about people who knew there was a better day coming and they didn't live to see that day, but we now enjoy that day. So if you're, if you're looking, you know, sometimes I'll be here late at night and postal workers over here, when they get off work, they'll crank up their cars and they'll shine their lights. I'm sure Marcos has been here that happens. They shine the lights through that side door over there and it creates some funky shadows. I'm just like, man, what's, who's out there? What's going on, you know? So, but in the same way, if Jesus is the light and he's shining back this way, anything between us and him is going to cast a shadow in our direction. And so as we move closer and closer to Jesus, we get closer and closer to the things that are casting those shadows until eventually we come to the true and the genuine, who, who is Jesus himself. So marriage is a earthly copy of a heavenly original. See, sometimes we like men aren't really sure what to do with the concept of being a bride because we think of bride and, and, and groom being a gender thing. And naturally speaking, let me make it abundantly clear, it is a gender thing in God's eyes. It's a man and a woman. The biological, physiological differences and the, and the joining of the two bodies together and all these other things, the way God designed it, right? But before there was ever a female bride and a male groom, there was this thing in the heart of God to create us to be one with Jesus. Not in a sexual way, not in a... You understand? So... We try to look at the copy and understand the original when we would be better off, according to the Word of God, to look at the original to understand the copy. Does that make sense? And, that, and that's what he's saying here when he says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ. Now, anytime the Bible uses this word mystery, he's talking about something that is eternal, something that is spiritual, something that is deep within the fabric and fiber of God himself. And, and it's something that obviously the scriptures explain and the Holy Spirit is revealing and, and truth is, is coming forth. But there still remains that element of if you're going to understand it and if you're going to benefit from it, it's going to require faith. If you wait until you can wrap your head and your, your mind and your intellect all the way around it before you are a participant, then you will never participate. It's something that, that you have to um, enter into by faith. Amen? And any person in this room that's married, you entered into that marriage, what? By faith. Amen? That's why we vow before God, you know, no matter what happens between this day 
and the day that we either stand before Jesus or, or he calls one of us home, right, we're committed to one another. It, are you following me, right? Because, again, you know, life and all that unfolds in life and, and, and these, these kinds of things. Amen. Now, the bride and the body of Christ. So do you see how these verses in Ephesians 5 seamlessly combine bride and body? It's important, I think, for us to look at them separately and individually, but even as seemingly different as they both are, we see that, that Father God uh, views them as one. Now, I just want to say this about 15 times, and I've been, I've been just meditating this. Jesus recognizes and honors you as an individual member of his own body. He acknowledges that you are his. He acknowledges that you are one with him. And if you're born again, you are one with Jesus as much as any member of your body is one with you. Now, we talked last week a little more about a carpenter has a relationship with his tools. And we might even say that the brush is an extension of the artist, but we are more than a tool used by God. We are more than an extension of Him. We are His body. We are His body. Thinking of ourselves as a tool or as an extension, these things are rooted in a relationship mindset. One with Jesus and a member of His body, these truths are, related, are rooted rather in fellowship mindset. Now, here, here are a few more that are related to that, okay? Your body is more than an extension of His body. Your body is more than a part of his body. Your body is his body. Your body is his body. Now, you may say, well, what's the big deal about thinking extension or part of? Here's the big deal about it. Saying things like, I'm a part of the body or I'm an extension of the body reflects a reluctance on our part to say we are the body of Christ, that we are His flesh and His bones. A reluctance that we already have seen in Hebrews 2.11, Jesus does not share with us. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, yeah, I use them sometimes. Right? It'd be like, uh, you know, let's say you... Um, you talk to somebody who owns a big, you know, used car business, and you're looking for a good mechanic. Hey, do you use so-and-so down there on such-and-such such street? And he kind of looks at you and he goes, I, I mean, I use them sometimes. You're not wanting that guy, right? You're wanting the guy that he calls first, right? Okay. But the point I'm trying to make, to say that I use them sometimes, that's not, that's not how Jesus says well, yeah, I mean, you know, um, Matt, Matt's useful to me on Sundays. He, you know, he, he does great on that trumpet and singing and stuff and Wednesdays, you know, stuff. See, that's, that's, an, that's an extension of, that's, a, that's, that's part of thinking. No, see, when we, when we try to take a step back and express that reluctance, I'm a part of the church, I'm a part of the body of Christ, I, I, I'm, I'm an extension of, 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 of Jesus. It reflects, and other sayings related to that, it reflects a reluctance on our part to say we are the body of Christ. 
literally of his flesh and of his bones. Now, here's the verses I was talking about a moment ago. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I think I said 5, but it's 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. He says, Or do you not know that your body, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? We, we took from this verse several years ago and made this statement. My life is not my own to do with as I please. My body is not my own to do with as I please. But notice what he says in verse 20. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Belong to Him. That's possessive, apostrophe S. Okay? Now, here's, here's the thing that I want the Holy Spirit to help us with tonight that, that I guess I should say it a different way that I'm here to help Him with tonight. What He wants to help us grasp in a greater and in a deeper way, okay, is that your literal body, flesh and bones, are the body of Christ, an individual member of the body of Christ. Your flesh and bones, your body. You say, well, did we not read it in Ephesians 5? Of his flesh and of his bones. And now we see in 1 Corinthians 6, some of you, I can feel some of you kind of, ooh, hold on a second. No, no, come on now. There's victory here. I'm going to show you why there's victory here. For we were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Let's go. We've covered these verses earlier in, in some of our discussions about marriage and fellowship as it relates to marriage. In, in marriage, um, the wife's body belongs to the husband. And the husband's body belongs to the wife right and that's biblical that's bible you are not in the 21st century it doesn't in eternity past present and future all the above it does because god said all right so now but remember marriage is a shadow of the original how could there be anything in the shadow that's not in the original Now, when he paid, see, we, we think in terms of salvation of Jesus paying the price for our sins and, and he paid our debt and, and he bought us out of slavery to sin. Listen to me. He bought and paid for your spirit and your body. And your body is his now. It's his temple. He lives in it. I'm talking about, your, I'm talking about, the, I'm, I'm talking about this body. It's his. Why is that important? Because Jesus loves, nourishes, and cherishes His body. Your body is His body because you are the body of Christ. You are flesh of His flesh and bone of His bones. Now, we see the Scriptures, the scriptures say that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I got a lot of sermons in the oven. Sometimes when we like these views from the telescope and, and we're starting to get a, a better understanding of how big the universe is. Is big even the right word? I mean, it, I mean we're, talking about, we're talking about things that you travel at the speed of light for hundreds of thousands of years and, and you ain't even halfway there yet. It's big. But now I want you to think in terms of scale. Because your human body 
is made up of, and we don't even know how many, just like we don't know how many stars are actually out there, how many galaxies are out there. Let me tell you what else we don't know. We don't really know uh, an accurate number of how many individual living cells are in the human body. Some say, based upon, well, there's this many here, and there's many there, and there's this, and you know, they get to a trillion, and they just kind of say, well, who knows? A trillion! What, are there eight billion people on planet Earth? Eight billion people on planet Earth? Do you realize how many, how many more times than people on planet Earth, you have individual living cells in your physical body? And, and, and if, if those cells down there on your big toe develop some kind of telescope, by comparison to the size of that scale, that cell and scale, this cell up here on my ear probably seems about four light years away. Are you, are you understand? Again, we talk about God using his span of his hand to, to measure out the universe and things of this nature, and that, that seems so weird to us. But again, it's all scale. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's how, how, how big is something, and, and how much, how many individual things, half-baked, I'm going down that road, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to help you see something here. Because who created this body? Who knows not only how many cells are in it, he knows how many hair, not just, uh, correction, he says he numbered the hairs on your head. He numbered them. That's different than counting them. You can count something without numbering it. Right? If I just start here and start counting one, two, three, four, five, but if I say, okay, you're one, you're two, you're three, you're four, you're five, you're six, I just numbered you. Then if Sister Elizabeth got up early, we would say, okay, number one just left. Oh, she's coming back. You see you know what I'm saying? That's numbering. And he knows exactly how many cells are in the human body. And he knows how many stars are in the galaxy because he breathed every single one of them out of his mouth. In the universe, even. Okay, but let me, let me I get excited about this stuff, but let me, let me kind of come back to it now. All right. So there are things that God knows and understands about the human body that we haven't discovered yet. And we've discovered a lot. Are you following me? But there are still things about the human body that we... Amen, we're still, doctors are still practicing, researchers are still searching, experimenters are still experimenting, and, and thankfully we know more about the human body today than we ever have in the history of mankind on planet Earth. But see, here's the thing about it. Think about how little we knew about the human body when the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write in 1 Corinthians 12, one body, many members, so also is Christ. In other words, when we're talking about heavenly original, earthly copy, y'all still follow me? Praise God. Don't want to look at that watch. Heavenly original, earthly copy. And God's, God says, okay, that's going to that's gonna be something on the earth that they can look at and look to to understand the greater plan and purpose that I have for every one of them to be like one cell or one part or one member of the body which would ultimately make up the body of Christ. Are you, are you seeing this? So there are things that Father knew about the body because He created the body the way He created it long before we ever understood it. 
And so when he says that the same way a human body works, so is also the body of Christ. Stay with me now. So also is the body of Christ. He was talking about things that we didn't understand yet. Let, let me give you one big example and we'll finish tonight, okay? So I wrote this. There are things we know about the body today that were not understood by men at the time of this writing. They were, however, understood by God. So example, here's, here's a big one. We know today that healing comes from within the body. That God actually created the body. I'm talking about your physical human body. God created the human body to repair and heal itself. We know now that when we go to sleep at night and fall into that that deeper um, levels of sleep, that a whole janitorial crew of cells work the night shift and, and perform functions in our body, again, that cannot be performed unless you're at rest. All right? Now, I'm not going to try to make all these parallels tonight, or for that matter, if the Lord leads, we'll do more of these. But I'm, just, I'm trying to show you that oneness with God is the original, it's the template. Being the body and the bride of Christ is the original plan that we are to understand more about by understanding the body that is on this earth to reveal these things. Are you following me? Healing comes from the body. God created the human body to repair and heal itself. What about this? The body of Christ works the same way. This is why a member of the body of Christ can minister healing to another member of the body of Christ. Healing for your body will flow easily and freely when you get a revelation of these truths in your heart. I really feel like the Holy Spirit said that that to me. In the, in the greater context of understanding bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, not figurative, not metaphorical, literally the body of Christ. The body of Christ. For too long we have seen ourselves disconnected from the body and the head trying to receive healing from the head. If part of my body is injured, as long as it is attached to my body, healing will flow easily and freely to it. How about this? Do you realize that there are actually, watch this now, there are cells in my body that rush to the front lines of an, of an injury knowing that their assignment is to go there and die. <laughs> to go there, we're going, we are rushing through this bloodstream to get to the place of that wound so that we can give our life, the life that's in, this, in the cell of the body. I'm going there to die to bring healing to the body. 
For too long we've seen ourselves disconnected from the body and the head trying to receive healing as a disconnected part of the body. If part of my body is injured, as long as it's attached to my body, healing will flow easily and freely to it. If my finger is injured, it does not have to beg my head for healing. Jesus views healing for your body as healing for His body because your body is His body. Jesus longs for your individual body to be healed the same way you long for something broken or injured in your body to be healed. You know what I mean by that? Now listen, we can have compassion. You know, if... if, if uh, you know, let's say somebody here tonight, your foot's hurt. We can have compassion for them. We can pray to them. We can minister healing for them. We can want them to, to, to be well. And to be. It's not the same thing, though, if it's, if it's your foot hurting. Are you, now, if we really understand fellowship, if their foot's hurting, my foot's hurting. Because we're one in the body. But I'm trying to make the point here for you to see this from the bigger picture of the body of Christ. Jesus longs for your individual body to be healed the same way you long for something broken or injured in your body to be healed. This is what it means in Ephesians when he says, No one ever hated his own body, but nourishes it and cherishes it the way Christ does the body. The church, which is his body. You see why the devil never wants us to to have this understanding and this revelation. Stand with me tonight. Amen. Praise God. I don't know if if I've gone too far or gone far enough. Thank you, Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying here? My, I've got a, I I was dragging a, (laughs) um, listen, what some of you may be dealing with tonight, I'm not, but I was, we had to lay some brick out here to build these drainage boxes. And um, I was grabbing sacks of mortar and they're kind of stacked high. Of course, I'm a tall brother, you know what I'm saying? But I was having to reach up and, and grab them and pull them off. Well, one of them, about 80 pounds, when it hit, it hit like that on my pinky right there and kind of went, you know. And, man, next thing I know, here comes the blood, right? You know what I'm saying? And, um, and it's, it looks a lot better, but it's still tender. Man, it's like, mm. I'm not try- Again, I'm just trying to make a point, all right? But I know that because it's a part of my body and my body was designed by God to heal itself, healing, I can't see it right now, but healing is working. Healing is working. Just by virtue of the fact that it's a member of my body. And healing flows in and through the body. The head, the body, all one, and and the individual cells working together to produce healing, to, to bring restoration. Amen. Let, let me, I'm, I may be exaggerating here. I'm, not tr- I'm just trying to make a point. Okay. This part of my finger is not trying to get healed. Right? It's not like stressed out, staying awake at night, wondering if it's going to get healed. My body knows that Okay, that's, that's sore. I need to probably maybe protect it and not bang it again and let it heal up and wear some gloves next time and, and whatever. But again, it's flowing freely and naturally because Jesus 
honors you and recognizes you as a member of his body. He he wants you healed in the same way that if your leg's hurting you tonight, you want your leg healed. Because your leg is his leg. I know I done said the same way. I'm trying to say the same thing three different times. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing the revelation of these things to all of us. Father, that we would stop seeing ourselves as disconnected from the body, as an outsider, trying to talk you into doing something for us. But Lord, that we would see ourselves as one with you as flesh of your flesh, as bone of your bone. Lord, you bought and paid for our body so that our body could be made one with you and that we could be the body of Christ. And Lord, the same spirit that raised you from the dead is in me because we've all been baptized into one body. We all drink from one spirit. Same spirit that was in you on this earth, the same spirit that's been with God the Father and you for all of eternity is the same Holy Spirit that's in us tonight, the same life source that empowered you, the same anointing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I believe that when we really understand the revelation of this, Father, we will not struggle ever again to receive healing from you. We won't think of healing as something we've got to talk you into doing for us, Jesus, but we'll recognize that it's something that you've already done. It's the children's bread. It's our birthright. It's, it's not just something that we have. It's who we are. Healing in my body and my physical body is something that I have by virtue of being created by you. And it's something that I have by virtue of being recreated by you and being one with you and everything else that you bought and paid for, Father, included therein. Thank you for it. Lord, thank you for a wonderful week ahead. Let our light so shine before men, Father, that they see our good works and glorify you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I pray that you really are grabbing hold of these things and they're speaking to your heart. You have a great week. If you think about John, Mark, and Gina, a little Elsie in the morning, pray for them. We're believing for good things. Amen.